0: Hello, I'm Peter Goodhart, and welcome to the first podcast of Can You Believe This? I hope these fictional interviews make you laugh. We all need much more of that right now. Topics range from the deliberately silly to those that dig a little deeper into the human condition. Fresh stories will be broadcast every week. Please visit my Facebook page. I would love the feedback. If you have any ideas for future shows, please let me know. My Facebook page is at facebook.ca forward slash podcast1955, and you can email me at comments at canyoubelievethis.ca. Our first story is called Med School Grade School and deals with the poor state of our medical system and how we might fix it. This week, we are visiting Pond Lake, Nova Scotia to speak to Dr. Robin Deedmeyer. Good morning, Dr. Deedmeyer, and thank you for taking time to speak to us at Can You Believe This?
1: It's my pleasure, Peter, and please call me Robin.
0: The reason we're calling, of course, is to talk about med school, grade school, Nova Scotia's new curriculum.
1: Peter, this has been in the works for quite some time, and recent events have shown that our medical resources are stretched much thinner than any of us thought possible
0: let's talk about your solution.
1: Starting next school year, the province will roll out a new medical training curriculum for all students entering their first year of school. Half the school day will be focused on traditional school subjects, and the rest of the day will be focused on medicine. What could you learn in grade one? Grade ones will be using the book Fixing a Boo-Boo, an introduction to band-aids and the treatment of cuts and scratches. This book is carefully illustrated, and we don't sugarcoat anything. Blood is red, and children should recognize it when they see it.
0: Robin, I'd like to hear more about how this will apply to the grade one class as they progress through grade school.
1: Our plan is to build on the understanding students gain from each previous grade. For example, grade two students will learn practical lessons such as stitching wounds. That sounds a little early, Robin. In fact, it's not, Peter. If kids can tie their shoelaces, they can close a wound. Same thing, really, just different knots. Of course, we expect lots of false starts and boo-boos as they're dealing with sharp objects, but they'll have passed the course on Band-Aids in grade one, and will certainly know how to help each other out. What other training aids do you intend to use? Early on, one of our consulting doctors suggested YouTube as a resource. He said he brushes up on his technique before every surgery by viewing similar procedures online. What about the older kids? Junior high is where the rubber hits the road, Peter. In fact, that's the name of the text we're developing for this age group. A no-nonsense text dealing with a variety of medical ailments.
0: That sounds pretty rigorous.
1: Medicine is no joke, Peter. And the examinations will separate those who can move on to advanced studies in high school... From others who will drop by the wayside. Those who show little aptitude will take more technical courses, including changing diapers, bathing patients, meal planning, and the like. And high school? High school is all about special training in your chosen field of medicine. Previous exams, practical scores, and individual aptitude will be assessed and suggestions made. Grade 12 students will maintain a medical clinic in each school Injured or ill students and teachers must access this facility first.
0: How will you cover the cost of all the medical equipment needed for each
1: school? Clearly, if we were to use medical grade equipment, the cost would be far too high. Our consulting physicians suggested we use dollar store items. We have put together suture, wound care, and many other kits for use in schools at a fraction of the cost. Kits cost about $5. What happens after graduation? At this point, we expect our graduates to take care of most of the issues that arise at home or in the workplace. Only life-saving care will be provided in the hospital setting. In just a few years, we will have graduated hundreds of trained students. No more waiting in emergency rooms and far less money spent on health care.
0: It has been such a pleasure speaking with you, Robin, and we'll watch Nova Scotia with great interest.
1: Thank you, Peter.
0: Our second story is a twist on the role of service dogs. For our final interview of the day, let's speak to Abby Sheridan. Abby, welcome to the show. I understand that you made a breakthrough of sorts with your dogs.
2: Thanks for having me, Peter. I started out years ago walking dogs for friends and then later as a business. And I realized that many of them were exceptionally smart, while a lot were dumb as rocks.
0: I can attest to that, Abby, having owned both types over the years. Some are very lovable, but you can barely teach them to eat. The smart ones are a revelation.
2: Exactly, Peter. I took a course on pet psychology and became a dog trainer. Everything from Great Danes to Yorkshire Terriers. Next, I began my own research and started breeding dogs that showed the most promise with dogs of other breeds who were equally as bright. Were there any difficulties along the way? There are always setbacks, some happy accidents and others less so. I sold the slow ones and kept breeding the smarter ones. Finally, I came up with my signature breed. The scientific name is Dogus erectus.
0: Are these dogs exceptional breeders?
2: Not exactly, Peter. Erectus means that they can walk on their hind legs and not just a few steps. They walk on their hind legs All the time. That breakthrough changes everything. I'm not sure that I would
0: like to own a dog that only walks on its back legs. That's a bit strange.
2: They aren't meant to be pets, Peter. These are working animals. True service dogs. They can be trained to do everything from answering the door to walking other dogs. My training facilities teach dogs to work in a variety of industries some of them too dangerous for humans.
0: That sounds a bit cruel, doesn't it?
2: Not really. Do you know how many dogs are blown up every year sniffing out bombs? It's not pretty, Peter. Our dogs can balance plates on their paws and are now working in a number of restaurants. Others can handle a mop or broom and work in the janitorial industry. We are teaching them new things every day. I don't know
0: if I like the idea of dogs taking over jobs meant for humans.
2: Wake up and smell the roses, Peter. Horses replace men on farms, dogs herd sheep, and roosters keep the chickens happy. One small step for dogs, one giant step for man. If you say so. Nice chatting with you, Abby. You'll come around, Peter. I'll send you a catalog.
0: This concludes today's show. If you liked it, tell everyone you know. Come back next week for some more great interviews.